We remember this afternoon. Let us take our Bibles and turn to the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 11. 1 Corinthians in chapter 11. We'll begin with verse 4 this afternoon. Verse 4 states, Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonoreth his head. tried to point this out last week, and we'll emphasize it again this week. Right after setting forth God's ordained hierarchy, God's ordained order, remember it's God's, it's not man's. It's the order that... God established, but immediately stating that hierarchy that is ordained of God, he goes into discussion concerning the head covering, concerning that head covering which is artificial. Notice that in this verse there is no mention whatsoever of hair. Did you notice that when we read? No mention of hair whatsoever. there is mention of a covering that goes on the head. This is because it is wrong for a man to pray or to prophesy, preach in the church The hat or a veil or a covering of some sort on his head. Whatever men may call it, a hat, a veil, a turban. Um, don't know what that little little cap is that worn on the head. But it's wrong. It's wrong for him to the place of prayer and preaching with his head covered. His head is not to be artificially covered in the assembly of the saints. And this teaching is still practiced. Still practiced today even though most men because it's a very little taught on subject today even though most men don't realize why 
they remove their hats from their head when entering the worship services. It is still a practice that is in practice today. We alluded to that uh, several weeks ago concerning the practice of men uncovering their head and, and women covering their head. Notice it says, every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonoreth his head. So to whom does this prohibition extend? Well, the verse is pretty plain, is it not? Every man, every man in, her, in the worship services, praying or preaching with his head covered, dishonoreth his head. Not just those who speak publicly. Not just those who are praying publicly. Not just those who are preaching publicly. But every man in the assembly. Why every man in the assembly? Because when one is leading in prayer, we all ought to be praying with them. When one is preaching, we all ought to be hearing and assenting to, receiving The Word of God. So, also is inclusive of those who hear prayer and those who hear preaching in the assembly. If if hair is the covering in this verse, and I don't know anybody for or against the head covering, they would say in verse 4 that hair, the covering spoken of here is hair. But if hair is the covering in this verse, then only those men who are completely bald, not even me, for I'm not completely bald, there's still hair. Those who are freshly clean-shaved <laughs> to the scalp would be permitted in the services. No such thing is stated in the verse, however, that he needs to be shaven, shaved as it does say concerning the women who are uncovered. 
Concerning number four, and a lot of times I, you don't hear me quoting different men too frequently. I, I hesitate to, to do that generally. But just to give you an idea of what some other renowned Bible scholars and pastors of my at least have said concerning the subject concerning verse 4 brother Doyle Thomas pastor who has a few years back went home to the Lord he says here says since hair is obviously not the covering that is appropriate for men, then why would men imagine that hair would be the appropriate covering for women when their case is considered? If it's obviously not the appropriate, not the covering spoken of concerning men, why would it be the appropriate covering then concerning women when we address their case? And the next verses that we come to, I think you're going to see that it's not. In verses 5 and 6, it makes it Pretty plain, pretty obvious. The writing that we have before us in verse 4 goes on to say, Dishonoreth his head. This is talking about his physical head. Look at the construction of the verse. Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, his physical head covered, dishonoreth his head. Now, are we in that verse all of a sudden suppose that the last head mentioned is talking about some other head? And some do jump, jump off this on this head, and they jump up to verse 3 and say, it dishonors Christ. Well, I think it is dishonoring to his head. And the fact that a man who refuses to remove his covering from his head when entering the assembly, he dishonors Christ. He's not obeying Christ. This is the commandments of God that is given to us. But dishonoring, talked about in this verse, his head is talking about he dishonors his physical head, ha having it covered. By appearing uncovered, 
he is displaying the freedom he has to act in that manner, in the manner of praying and preaching. He is free. The law of God sets him free to pray and to preach with his head uncovered. It portrays, as we've said in recent weeks, it portrays the man in that position, portrays Christ. Christ in his office of prophet, priest, and king. Now verse 5. But, <laughs> not so with a woman. But every woman I want you to know that these verses here in First Corinthians 11 dealing with the covering are not talking specifically to husbands and wives. Inclusive of every man, whether you're, he's married or not. Every woman, whether she's married or not, or ever been married, or not. This is an order that is to exist in the Lord's church. And it is incumbent upon every man. It is incumbent upon every woman. But every woman that prayeth or prophesieth her head uncovered See the comparison? Men uncovered. Women praying or prophesying with her head uncovered. Men are not to pray and preach with their head covered. Women are not to enter the house of prayer and preaching with their head uncovered. Every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered, dishonoreth her head. For that is even all one as if she were shaven. <laughs> you see, up in verse 4 concerning the men, removing their covering, their, their hat, it didn't say that they should be shaven. It didn't say they should be bald, completely bald. It said, remove your hat. Just, <laughs> just permit me a little indulgence here.
Men, if you haven't already done so, stop at the front door and pull your hair out. Men, stop at the front door and shave your head bald. I say that because there are those who promote that, that, that the woman's hair is the covering that it's talking about when she enters the house of the Lord. Well, and that doesn't make sense. We'll state that when we go further. Every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head covered dishonoreth her head. For that is even like as all one as if she were shaven. So, just as it is improper for the man to engage in public worship veiled with a habit, a covering on his head, it is equally improper for a woman to engage in public worship with her head uncovered. Men are, men are to be uncovered. Women are to be covered. By so doing, by entering into public worship with her head uncovered, she is dishonoring her natural head. That's the, that's the subject here. Which is evidenced by the statement, for that is even all one as if she were shaven. It didn't say she was shaven, but it's just like she was shaven. It's a shame. It's a disgrace. For her to enter into the worship services with her head uncovered. Just as, as a woman was shorn, was shaven as a public ridicule of her infidelity and her unfaithfulness to her husband. It's the same as in the previous verse, with man, his head being covered, he dishonoreth his head, natural head. The woman's head being uncovered, she dishonoreth her head. The woman is in subjection to the man. In the assembly setting, in the setting of public worship, the woman is in subjection to the man, not just to her husband. She is, is to list, listen in subjection. She is listen, to listen to the praying in subjection to the man. She is to listen to the preaching of the Word of God in subjection to the man. 
This verse does not mean that women are allowed to publicly pray, publicly speak, if they're covered. It's talking about while you're here, every man that leads in prayer, you're to be praying with them in silence. Every man that is preaching, you're to be listening with, with intent. As just as the other men are listening with intent to the preaching that is going on. The praying and prophesying have to do with participation in public worship. Even though it is to be done in silence, ladies. And not only the ladies in silence, the ladies are to always be in silence in the worship services, in subjection to the man. But the other men, while one is, is praying, one is preaching, the other men are to sit in silence and wait their turn if they're to speak next or to pray next whatever the case may be turn, turn with me back to the 14th chapter I, I know we've looked at these verses in the past but we're going to look at them uh, again uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and look with me here at verse 34 Let your women keep silence in the churches. This is all churches, not just the Corinthian church. This is all the churches of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto the, them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, to be under submission, to be under subjection, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home. For it is a shame for women to speak in the church, in the assembly. It is a shame for her to publicly speak out in the assembly. Timothy. And chapter 2. And look at verses 11 and 12. Instructions to the young pastor, Timothy, are, Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. You see, in the services... She is to be in subjection to the man, and she is to learn in silence. And she's to have her head covered, showing that order. 
But I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. There again, these passages are not dealing with husbands and wives. They're dealing with the order that God has created. Man over the woman in order, in hierarchy. Well, here again, Doral Thomas again, I quote him. The fact that women must be silent in church does not mean that they are taking no part in the worship and are therefore relieved of the requirement of having their own head covered. They are participating in the worship in the role that God has assigned them, they are praying silently, to be sure, and they are prophesying or preaching in that they are telling forth the word of God by their submission to the teaching of the word. They are testifying by example and by practice. They are learning in order that they may uh, the more perfectly fill the role. Get this. To fill the role that God has assigned them. He didn't state anything that I haven't stated. He maybe just stated it a little more clearly than I did. In the scripture, an uncovered head on a woman was a sign of unfaithfulness. We've looked at that before, but turn with me to the book of of Numbers. The book of Numbers in chapter 5. And look with me at verse 18. And this is concerning the law of jealousy, which was basically if a husband had reason or thought he had re reason, to be jealous, thinking his, his wife had been with another man, then he was to bring it before the priest. Whether, and if she said she had not been with another man, but he still felt like she had been, it was to be brought to the priest, and this is what the priest was two in verse 18. And the priest shall set the woman before the Lord. Notice 
the Lord is going to make the determination. The Lord knows. Before the Lord and uncover the woman's head. I find that assuming that she was in shame, she was in disgrace, but the Lord is going to make that determination. But this was instructions from the Lord that he was to uncover the woman's head and put the offering of memorial in her hands, which is the jealousy offering, and the priest shall have in his hand the bitter water that causeth the curse. And the priest shall change her, charge her by an oath, and say unto the woman, If no man have lain with thee, and if thou hast not gone aside to uncleanness with another instead of thy husband, be thou free from this bitter water that causeth the curse. But if thou hast, and it goes on to tell that if she had, the Lord knows it. And this bitter water is going to cause her belly to swell and her thigh to rot. <laughs> it was a curse that was upon her. But the thing I want you to notice is, is this, because the possible shame was involved, her head was uncovered. This was... Well, a trial of sorts was to ensue. Are we to suppose that the priest cut the woman's hair off? Which was part of her head? Or are we to accept that he unveiled her as a mark of unchastity as a mark of her impurity as a mark of her disgrace her shame the meaning is clear the, brief, the priest removed the veil of the woman for unfaithfulness In the book of Isaiah, we see that being unveiled was the first step to immodesty. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah. This is a passage that is particularly dealing with Israel and Judah. But the simile that of a woman actually this is concerning Babylon their judgment that God is rendering upon them 
Remember, God used them to bring Judah into captivity, but then God prophesied a judgment against Babylon for their behavior. In chapter 47 of Isaiah, come down and set in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon, set on the ground, there is no throne, O daughter of the Chaldeans, for thou shalt no more be called tender and delicate. Take the millstone and grind meal. Uncover thy locks. Uncover your head. Make bare the leg. Uncover the thigh. Pass over the rivers. Thy nakedness shall be uncovered. Yea, thy shame shall be seen. I will take vengeance and I will not meet thee as a man. <laughs> you see, yes, he's talking about a country here, but the simile is that of an a, a unfaithful virgin or unfaithful woman to, to her husband and what Israel was to do with them. We see being put before us. Long hair. as well as the veil are to be symbols of the woman's submission to the man in the assembly to the man in the assembly and as well a symbol of her manliness the order God created her a woman. He created her in that order. He created her in that hierarchy. And, and to rebel against God's order, and to rebel against having your head covered in, in the assembly, is to be in rebellion against the man whom God has put over you in the assembly, the men, and to be in rebellion against God. Do we realize what serious matter this is to be in rebellion against God? Our Creator? Our Sovereign? Our omnipotent one, the one who is to bring bring judgment against us. A woman's long hair, which is her glory, according to a later verse, teaches her that she must be veiled in public worship as a symbol of her Submission. Submission to God's ordained order. To 
God's ordained hierarchy, to God's ordained headship. If she refuses to wear a covering on her head, what our verse is saying, as well shave off her hair. She might as well shave her head. Because that is all one as if she were shorn or shaven according to her verse, according to the teaching that we have in this verse. And we're going to stop there.